Yo, 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 what is up, YouTube Boxing Family? It's IK right here. I got a special guest today. I got the Mr. Akeem Cheatham coming in the building. Let's get right to it. Yo, what's up, man? What's up, y'all? What's going on? Not much. How's everything with you? Nice to meet you once again. Yeah, everything is good, man. It's lovely meeting you, man. <laughs> nice. Um... Yeah, first things first, uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, just tell the boxing world once again who you are and how'd you get into boxing, bro? Yeah, I'm Akeem Cheatham. I'm 19 years old. Um, I'm from Vegas, and I got into boxing at a very young age, at seven, and it was just something that my family was getting into, so I got into it. It started with my oldest brother, Maurice, and then it just kind of passed on to me, and now it's passing on to my little brothers now, and... um. I've been in the amateur. I was in the amateurs since eight. So I got like over 150 fights easy. Um, 20 plus national titles. And now I'm coming to the to the pro world. And I got my um, professional debut on August 11th. And it's going to be fun. Yo, that's insane. Because last time I was talking with you on Skywalker Boxing's channel, um, along with... Uh, Tim Witherspoon Jr. and a, and I believe a few other people. Um, you were just uh um like uh, continuing the amateurs, right? And uh, didn't you didn't you say that you were trying to get into the um Olympics or something, right? Uh, I was thinking about it. Uh, I I haven't I haven't really wanted to go into the Olympics. Um, I know my little brother is. Uh, but no, I, I'm trying to get into the pros. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, because um, I personally believe that when it comes to amateurs, I don't know if you can like agree with me philosophically, but for one, you don't get paid. Um, that's really disrespectful to the fighter. Um, I would assume if you did got paid a lot of money for the amateurs, that would be like college basketball in a way where you got sponsored real quickly. You have all the big networks coming to you, and um, that would give your promotional backing a lot much uh, faster traction like you see with all the other rookie talents that are coming up in um other sports and uh do you do you believe that that form like uh, that lack of um expansion that should be there in the amateurs is what's holding fighters back from turning pro sooner because uh, they're just so worried like about just trying to get as much skill as possible before they make their pro debut uh i mean yeah that, that's that's one way to look at it for sure. Um, I think that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people who stay in the amateurs because they actually want to come into the pros prepared and stuff like that. But then there are also other fighters who who they don't want no amateur fights. They want to come right into the pros for the money. And that's where you get the lack of skill and the lack of, you know, what I'm saying um, the lack of of warriorism in a way. And um you know, you have people who, who come in off of straight power, straight, just come in and knock them out and street fight them and then get paid for it if you get lucky. Um, you know, and I think that's what that's what separates the nationalities in boxing, because you got people from Cuba who who they actually they go to school. It's a boxing school and they go there 24 seven, sleep at the school, eat at the school, box at the school. And then they come to America and then they're like one of the toughest fighters that's around but they don't have the name. So it's like, you know, it's a, it's a mix of both. It's a mix of both. If, if they added money to amateur boxing where people actually got paid for it, I think, I think they bring a lot more eyes 
to the sport. You know what I'm saying? But it's a lot of politics that keep that from happening. And that's that's what the whole problem with the with the Olympics is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because um when I started boxing, like uh like I'm twenty eight now, but uh like I got naturally good with boxing by uh doing boxing up in Albany, New York, and um I ran into Tony Marshall, um, who used to train with Mike Tyson's team for nine years. And I also ran into Abraham Supernova, who's a pro right now, if I'm not mistaken, and uh um it was crazy how much time and commitment that they told me that they put into the sport because that's taking years out of your life. But on top of that, you're not getting compensated correctly for it. And it's like, how is that fair when you see all these hyped up fighters in boxing now that are getting these big promotional contractual deals and then they're getting away with fighting marginal competition. But then it's like when we're talking like about real talent, we should be talking about you. We should be talking about all the other fighters that are actually putting their life into the sport that actually deserve to get those multi-million dollar paydays. And um, I think people are, are so circumference without the belief of if I watch what casuals are talking about in boxing, that automatically means that fighter's just automatically good, which that's not true because one, styles make fights, and two, fighters are not all built the same way. So I think that um, when it comes to promoting the sport better, we need to look to people like yourself and build you up young while just waiting out years to just say, oh, man, boxing's really dead right now. But then it's like once we see like a new up and coming talent, it's just like people don't know who you are because it's like you have to like work so hard just to get up to like a particular stage just to be, you know, minimally known. Yeah. And. Me, I think that part of it is the fighter's fault. I think that people people have forgotten that the whole industry that we're in is solely on entertainment. It's solely on money. It's solely on fan base. It's solely on who can attract the most eyes. And a lot I know a lot of great fighters, they're great fighters, but they feel like they're too they're too much they they have too much pride. They don't want to post Oh, I don't want to post my sparring. I don't want to post this. I don't need to post this. I know I'm good. That's not good enough. So, you know, if you're not going to get yourself out there, if you're not going to sell the entertainment, because that's what you're here for, then you're going to have guys who come up like Jake Paul and just and they're able to bring the eyes. You know what I'm saying? YouTubers are able to bring the eyes. Um, people are people who can bring the eyes will always be more successful than people who have the actual skill. And that's in any field. So that's why I'm trying to change up the way I'm coming now. I'm trying. I'm getting my social media up. I'm, I have followers, thousands by the weeks. You know what I'm saying? And that's good. That's good improvement for me. So that's why I want to keep that going and keep coming up with my fan base. That way, I have some power. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have money, you got to have a fan base. That's how it works. And um, it it is sad. Good. Right. Um. Yeah. So it, it is sad how it works. You know what I'm saying? There, there are a lot of kids who, who deserve the spotlight more. It's not just boxers; it's coaches as well. But you got to adapt. Social media, the world's changing. Technology is happening. You have to adapt. You know what I'm saying? It's no time to be like Mike Tyson and I don't, I don't come in flashy. Blah blah blah. It's entertainment. If you're not knocking people out like Mike Tyson, brother, you need to come in flashy. Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's, it's that simple. So I think it's the fighters' fault. Also, you gotta attract eyes. 
You got to attract eyes. Yeah, I agree. And um, like uh, this is coming from like a guy that used to wrestle back in high school, but the talent that you see in those, you know, different combat sports, you know, it's like the same principle. Like people won't know who you are until you start putting yourself under the idealization that I am that man and nobody can't beat me. And I think more people need to do that. And I even brought this up with like a couple female fighters that I know and a really good woman that I'm really good friends with, uh, Zarina McCoy. Um, she was basically bringing up about the same thing that you said, like people need to be more outspoken, but people need to bring the marketization to the sport. Like you just can't have, you know, Mike Tyson sprout up out of everywhere. Like, those like those fighters are so rare to come by and same thing you know with like a sugar ray robinson sugar ray leonard tommy hearns like these are all like very rare uh breeded talents that require so much time and effort to build and i feel like that a lot of casuals shrug over that to think that anybody could be like that so therefore people just look at whatever fighter that they cling on to and they're just a fan of the fighter. They're not the fan of the sport. If we are fans of the sport, then it would be just like the NBA. Like people wouldn't care like about race and politics. They would just go straight into the, like straight into the event, thinking like, okay, I want to see good talent, but we're going to be advocating for tough, matched up talent. And you know what it is. Um, you know what it is. Is people don't. They're not interested in boxing talent. They don't know what boxing talent is. When you go to a regular uh, middle school in America and you talk to somebody about basketball talent, close the door, buddy, close the door. Um, you talk to somebody about basketball talent, you'll have a bunch of kids telling you about pivots and spin moves and through the legs, tween, tween. But you won't, if you ask somebody about boxing talent, they don't know about being technical. They don't know about outscoring. They don't understand. We can watch a fight and we can see beautiful work and be like, wow, this is entertaining. But to a regular average person, they're going to be like, this is boring. They want to see someone get knocked out. So that's the difference is the the, um, the talent of boxing isn't appreciated by average people. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, who's going to come up with a solution? I don't know. But that's that's the problem. Yeah, um, I think I think that's the core benefactor because otherwise boxing would be booming, you know, all this time. And there wouldn't be any need to divide, you know, the sport. And I think that's what caused, you know, the sport to really go down to this really like megalomaniac cycle of like, you know, the people that are, that are here at the top need to have all these like mafia, like cults to, to basically uh, strategize certain moves that they make to, right. to, uh, to uh, deceit the fan bases that they have. And therefore all these like uh, political moves that they make is based off of like a setting to create like a weird, you know, fan base uh division but um i was gonna say like as far as like what you're doing now um do you do you plan on trying to like move fast in your career when you go pro or um what are your like uh, what are your plans as far as like becoming that true entertainer for the sport my plan is to is to get to the most um is to get to the, as many people as I can, to attract the most eyes that I can, and to to be, like you said, an entertainer, to to inspire. Like, I don't want to just be a great boxer. I don't want to be like a Ray Savage or, you know, a Keyshawn Davis or, you know what I'm saying? Those guys are skilled, right? But it's just there's something missing. 
in my opinion, how I feel, there's something missing. There's like there's a difference between them and then uh Prince Nassim Ahmed. Like there's something different. You know what I'm saying? It's like an entertain so I want to be the best entertainer. I want when someone watches me fight, when someone watches me coming out to the ring, being there in person has them shook. It's just like you you get chills. You see it happening. It's like, wow, this is amazing. You know what I'm saying? And it's um I just want to appeal to the most amount of people as I can, especially younger kids who can look and, and see that there's an art to it. It's not just knocking somebody out. There's an actual artistry to it. And it'll inspire other kids to to get into boxing. You know what I'm saying? I think that's one of the pluses that happened when everybody started having YouTubers come to boxing is that now kids around my age and maybe 15, 14, now they're trying to come over to boxing. You, you feel what I'm saying? And... um. And I think that's going to be a good thing is being more being more of an entertainer rather than just a fighter. That's what I plan to do. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I think like the biggest takeaway from what you said is that, you know, you want to be an entertainer. And I think that's what makes sports amazing. Like you take risks to be great, but you also want to be the best that you could be and not just fuel into like what the fans tell you what to do. Um, I think I think like the greatest example of that is like a Sugar Ray Robinson, because if you look at what he did back in back in his day, he was a great entertainer. But that man knew how to fight like he like he he put his blood, sweat and tears into what he liked to do. But he showed you why nobody can't mess with him. He showed you why there's supposed to be an objectivist view on the pound for pound list. Like he showed you why he is for who he is. And I think that's where a lot of fighters try to shrug away from it because when it's time to actually take that sacrifice to be great, not a lot of guys want to do that. That's why the very 1% that are successful in boxing are the ones that do take risks. But the people that are not supposed to be successful are the ones that are taking uh, taking advantage of the sport to make, to make their name mainstream, to tie their names to other fighters that, that they don't want to fight or they don't want to dare to be great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I was gonna follow up with asking you, um, uh, like I wanted to ask about your um, lineage that that you brought up in the past of you being related to Jack Johnson, right? Right. Yeah. He's, How um, much? Of it, oh, sorry. No, no, it's good. He's a um, he's a very, he's a. He's a distant cousin of mine. So uh, I don't remember what generation. I would say sixth or seventh generation. But along the line, yeah, he, he is one of our one of our cousins. I've had family members in Philadelphia, in Virginia, and all over the South. They've, they've told me that. So, um, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Um, that, that's very iconic. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, do you do you do you wanna do you wanna like make like a huge um uh like um impact for, for your family bloodline to, to try to be like the greatest that you can be so 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 you can, you know, expand more um family members to get into boxing, you know, uh, by the time when you um hang it up. How I think of it in this sense, in this context, is that, you know, the whole world is my family. I don't just I don't do this for, and that's what separates me from any other entertainer, not just any boxer, but any entertainer, is I don't do this for, for 
the entire world. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, just doing it for me or my family or just trying to get my family to do it, my family, my family, that only can get so far. It really can. It only can get so far. If you're doing it for the entire world, there are so many different lives you can change. There are so many different ways you can change the world. And at the same time, you are changing uh, how your family lives. Because if you can help benefit the world, you can help benefit your family at the same time. So I don't really do this just for my family. I do this for the entire world because I see the whole world as my family. I see all Americans as my family. I see all Africans, all Europeans, all everything. So, I mean, I really just want to be able to, if possible, I want to be able to inspire a kid to want to do the same things I've done, right? Because at the end of the day, that's what's inspired me to do what I'm doing now. So if you can get uh, the younger generation to want to be you, then you'll have people who will be better than you. You dig what I'm saying? So, I mean, when it comes down to it, no, I don't think about myself or, or my family. That's not my motivation. My motivation, I think, is way deeper, way deeper. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's why the for me at least, you know, I'm a believer in like expanding in my own path, and then whoever wants to follow behind me, that's up to their destiny. Um, I never, I never want to like, you know, look up to somebody and be like them directly. I think it's best that we're all different in our own autonomy. And however much success that you gain in this lifetime before it's time for you to pass away, that's all determined by how much uh, determination and desire that you put into the things that you want in life. And I think I think that's what separates uh, men that are responsible versus men that are irresponsible because um, there's like certain predecessors that drives certain adolescents to go um, a certain direction. And if you don't have that discipline in your life, then that's what drives people into like, the wrong directions to not go to a certain path of uh, success to get to the level that you want to be at. Yep. Um, I wanted to ask about your amateur pedigree, and I wanted to see um, like, um, um, if you had any great, great battles with some really good up-and-coming fighters that are you know, in your um, age bracket, right? Right. Um, let's see, I've had, I've had fights with great, great, great fighters, great fighters. Let's see, I can name some of them. Um, there's Steven Navarro, fought him, I think, twice. We, we had great wars. Uh, Floyd Diaz, we fought like seven to eight times. Uh, who else, who else, who else? David Lopez, uh, um, Justin Valoria. Um, I almost had a time. I almost had a chance to fight uh Julius Balo and Jordan Roach and people yeah, like yeah, that. I've heard about him. You said what? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, like I've heard about Julius Balo. He's like, um, um, his name's been spread on like around you know through social media a lot. Yup, yup, yup. No, I've known him and his father for a while. We've known each other for a minute. Um, let's see, who else? Who else have I fought? Um, I've had so many fights. So many fights is incredible. Uh that's just some of the top names I could think of right now. Yeah, like I was gonna ask if you've ever shared with the ring with uh fighters like um Javon Walton or maybe um uh Carmel Martin or Zaquin Moses, possibly. 
So so Javon Javon Cremel Zaquan, he's new. We I don't know him. I haven't seen him in a while. He's just now coming up. Um, but Javon Cremel, those are like Carmel, especially, he's like my little brother. We grew up, you know, coming into boxing. That's where we, we all started around that same year time frame around there. Javon Walton, we known him, I think the first time we met each other was in like 2014 at the Ringside World Championships. And um, we just kicked it. We were just little kids. I was just in the boxing game. And you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, we've we've had times we've had hard times where we were there for each other when we had losses and stuff like that. And um, and you know what I'm saying? And he you know, he went off and he went into the movie in- industry and he, you know, took off from there. You know what I'm saying? So you, that shows how that goes hand in hand. Um, I've been I haven't been in the ring with Javon. I have not been in the ring with him. He's always been smaller than me. Uh, Carmel, we always we grew up sparring each other drills with each other working with each other so that's that's nothing um zayquan i mean i'm just i only seen zayquan maybe once or twice in real life i haven't um i mean he's he's nice for you know for a newcomer he's nice you know what i'm saying uh but yeah he's relatively new he hasn't been in it too long yeah that's awesome um i was really uh, thinking that you probably knew a lot of these guys that are probably coming up um I'm proud of Javon because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's the second athlete to be sponsored by Jordan, if I'm not mistaken, by the Jordan brand. And um, Youngest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, too. Um, I was really shocked um, when I heard about that, and I was uh, covering that, like, a long time ago. And uh, I was like, yo, like, if he like if he is really good for, for um, what he says he is, you know, he could really – you know, definitely, you know, skyrocket off high in the pros. And, uh, like, I'm happy that he that he actually made a scene for, you know, for the uh, movie, uh, for the uh, movie um, um, industry, too, because uh, that also, like, you know, will just, you know, create, like, another avenue for him to uh, to not be in boxing forever, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what got him, that's what got him back into boxing. That's what gets, that's what got him the connections he's got now in, in with boxing is the fan base he's gotten from, uh, TV shows and movies, you know what I'm saying. That's that's where the respect, part of the respect comes from. Yeah, I think um, we need to see you in a boxing movie. Like I think I think they need to do like a Sugar Ray Sugar Ray Robinson movie because I think I think that you would that's fit. That's not the first well. time I heard that. Yeah. That's not the first time I've heard that. I've had actually. You look like like um, like um you look like Sugar Ray Robinson. Like I'm just gonna point that out there. That's insane, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah, like, I just figured I'd point that out. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, You did tell me that you wanted to get into the get into the movie industry. Um, What type of genre is that you wanted to, um, uh, like, to um, act in? Uh, genres, genres, genres. I think I'm very good in dramas. I would want to act in dramas and uh, thrill, horror. I'm really... um. I'm really realistic. I like acting realistic scenarios. I don't like doing the extra, that extra mile. When I act, I don't even like calling it acting because I don't think it's an act. I don't, none of it's an act for me. It's actually becoming what it is. And if I can portray emotions that I've experienced and I know that others experience, uh, you know, that's, that's my main goal. You know what I'm saying? And that's how you can relate to people and get a message across to a person's heart. 
So I think drama, thriller, um, crime, I mean, you name it, adventure, I mean, action, all of it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I can drop in. I can drop into all of that. I want to see you in the um, Expendables movie. <laughs> Expendables. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, Expendables or maybe like another Big Mama's House, you know, Tyler Perry. Big like Mama's House, wow. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> comedy, okay. Yeah. I like, but I, I really dig roles that are like with um, like 50 Cent shows, like with Power and then... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I love those. Those are my favorite. Those are my favorite. But, you know, those aren't the only shows that are around. I mean, there's All-American. There's, you know, Outer Banks. I wouldn't mind being on a being on a TV show, sitcom, anything like that. You dig? So it's really just the fan base. Getting the fan base is really important. I want to see you uh, create, like, another Bernie Mac show. That would, that would be awesome. That would be funny. That would be, yeah. I mean, these are all great <laughs> ideas. Hopefully they'll put me in an actual, you know, boxing fighting type of film or project. That oh would be yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I would dominate. Um, speaking of boxing, uh, for your pro career, like, how many times do you want to fight within a year, and what are your top venues that you would like to um, fight at to headline? Right. Right. Uh, I would like to fight when I'm at my prime and I'm there and I'm in the door. I would like to, um, I think I'd like to fight twice to three times a year, you know, because I'm trying to be realistic at the same time. Um, they probably would only let me fight twice to three times a year. Um, and uh, I want to headline in Las Vegas. That's where I want to headline at. I want to be right here in my city. You know what I'm saying? I've seen the lows and highs of Las Vegas. I want to I fight here, 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 here. T-Mobile Arena. Or fighting in the sphere, in the new sphere dome that that just came to Las Vegas. Yeah, that yeah, that arena looks awesome. It's sick. It's sick. I see it every day, every day. I live right there, right maybe five minutes from it. I can run there easily. Well, you know, I where I live at, like people don't understand. Like I don't live in the suburbs of Las Vegas, outside somewhere. I live in the dead heart of Las Vegas. Like, every night I go running, I pass by where Tupac Shakur got killed, where he got shot at, right there at that light. I run past there every night. It's not – yeah, I don't live outside. I live right in the heart of Las Vegas. So fighting in Las Vegas means it, it's so dear to me. It really is. It would be – it would mean a lot. Yeah, it's just uh, surreal that Las Vegas has such a great history, but, you know, but there's just too many dark uh, – um, like dark, um, like uh, passages with you know very poor you know communities that have uh, torn uh, torn each other like away. Um, yeah. uh, like I was gonna say, um, I would really like to see you fight um, here in Florida. Like I would really like to come come down to see you uh, definitely out in Tampa or maybe Orlando. And um, I was probably gonna say maybe even Philly. Like I'll definitely come up for that. Why not? Yeah, I was born in Philly. I was born in Philly, so I have a lot of family out there. That would be amazing to fight in Philly as well. You know what I'm saying? That would be amazing. Absolutely. I would have Philly jump too. My my ring walk in Philly would be crazy, huh? My my ring walk would be crazy. Everybody in there. Ah! <laughs> it would Jerome be style. <laughs> Bro, better. Better than him. Better. I would come crazy. 
Cause I'm from the West Coast, bro. I bring a different type of vibe. I was raised by pe- I was raised by Philadelphians, but I'm from the West Coast. I would bring a totally different mix. Totally different. Um, now that you say that, which is better, West Coast or East Coast? For me, it's always gonna be West Coast. I can't. I love visiting the East Coast. I'll visit New York, the Bronx, the Philly. You know what I'm saying? Maybe even Florida, somewhere along the East Side of America, but. The West Coast is going to always be different for me. Palm trees and heat is always <laughs> going to be the best thing for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't live in the South or in fields or, you know what I'm saying, a lot of trees. I need casinos. I need lights. I need all of that. I need different people. I'm just used to that. That's how I was raised. So I'm always going to say West Coast. Yeah, because i never been out West Coast um, uh, the furthest Maybe out west I've probably been to is maybe borderline Kentucky, but that was like through through like through like a road trip. But yeah, like I oh, never yeah. like I never yeah like I never been out to any western U.S. state. Let me tell you something. It's always sunny. It's always sunny. You know what I'm saying? It you know the gloomy days are awesome to me. Gloomy days are special because you don't see too many of them. But when when I went to Philly for like a month, I was out there. I got tired of it. I got tired of it. Week three, I was tired of it. I wanted to go back, right back to Las Vegas, right back to Cali somewhere. Be be chilling. <laughs> sunny days. That's what I like. Sunny days. Yeah, like I'm a New Yorker, so like like uh, my cold jeans are just permanently taken taken out every time I'm thinking about Albany. So um, if you want to come up to Albany with me to see how sad it is in winter, feel free. But I think I think Florida has made me converted pretty well, but like like I could always do West Coast any day. Hey, I'm telling you, West Coast. I love West Coast. I love it. Yeah, um, I was also gonna say, um, like as far as uh, like people that you know in boxing, have you ran into all the famous fighters like Floyd Mayweather and all those people, right? Yep. 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 All of them, all of them, all of them. Um, it's cool. I, it makes it made me realize that they're human beings. You know what I'm saying? If any young fighters are watching this, and you're like, oh, I gotta meet Floyd Mayweather or Canelo or blah blah blah. They're all fighters, bro. They all regular people. I promise you that. Ain't nothing special. It's nothing special. The only thing that's there that you can't experience is the power. And the power as in money and influence. That's about it. Outside of those things, they are just like you and I. Just like you and I. Humans with intentions. Easy. Yeah, that's uh, surreal that you say that because um, I've been to five boxing fights so far. And I ran into Erickson Lubin up at the Turning Stone Casino. I was, like, super afraid talking with him. But um, he knew that I was really happy being, you know, like, around him. But... Um, I told them that I knew uh, Nestor Bravo. That's um, one of his friends. And um, he's connected yeah. with a YouTuber uh, by the name of uh, Kano Loco Sports. And um, Kano Loco, um, um, if you've ever seen, you know, through um, YouTube boxing, um, he's heavily connected in the boxing business. And I believe he knows, like, a lot of, you know, uh, Puerto Rican boxers and the like, uh, Puerto Rican boxing community. But case in point, it's like, like, I personally feel like um, 
anytime when I go out to a boxing, you know, like event, like I run into some really interesting people and, um, it feels like I am like, it feels like that I'm always having, you know, like a good time, like, you know, connecting with people that actually, um, want to, um, interact with fans and actually open up to, to, uh, newer, uh, like forms of, um, networking. Man, we went to the Frank Martin fight last week. And as soon as we come in, because I got there late, right? I got there when Frank and them were already in the ring and they were about to do the introductions. As soon as I walk in, I look to my left and I see Aaron Spencer looking at me. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's oh. awesome. That's it's awesome. Like, he's about to fight Terrence Crawford. He's about to, oh, damn. Just be chilling. <laughs> Just be chilling. Just a regular person. You know, you, you get it. Like, it's, you know, it, it becomes surreal for a moment, but then it becomes reality. After a few minutes, it becomes reality. Yeah, because I'm not even like I'm not even like afraid to even talk to any big time celebrity. Because like I ran into Fat Joe uh, back in May over at the Jake Pollock event over in Orlando. Um, oh, um, like um at the Caribe Royale, um, I believe Aston Silva he was headlining uh, to be the main event over there. But yeah, Fat Joe he was with his crew, and I was like, Yo, Fat Joe, can I get like a picture? And he's like, Yeah, sure, big man, and. Um, um, I got like a picture with them. Um, I saw Amanda Serrano there, which I wanted to get a picture, but, uh, she couldn't, you know, give me one, unfortunately. And, um, I saw Jake Paul there. Uh, I saw mm. Antonio Tarver there. Um, I ran into so many good people and like, uh, like I just kept it, you know, calm and focused, you know, like I'm not, I'm not that type of person just to like buy into what the crazy drama that people try to do with, you know, celebrities. Yeah, no, but you know what? I gotta stand correct. There's been there's only one celebrity that actually had me super nervous when I was talking to him. And that was Mark Wahlberg. When I was on set with Mark Wahlberg and his movie Whoa. out later this year. I wow. was playing I'm, this is a spoiler, damn. But I was playing a gamer and I'm and he comes over and he sits with us and we're sitting there and we're talking. I'm asking him about boxing and top rank. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm friends with Bob. Bro, when I tell you I was I was shaking. I was shaking because it was like, bruh. And there was a lot of people that was there. Everybody wanted to talk to him. And he came up and he was talking with us. He was talking with me. And I actually got to look the man in flesh, in his eyes, and actually speak with him. And it just, that hit different. That hit different. It hit different than talking to any other boxer or any athlete. And when I think about it, like, it's really who the effect you have on somebody's mind. Like you see a person on screens and in movies, that person is in your, it, he's in your thoughts. He's in your consciousness. You created a character. You know what I'm saying? That, that person becomes you. You make that person you. So then when you see that person in real life, you're like, oh my gosh. Like that's how it, that's how it felt. So that's, I think that's the only celebrity that actually had me like almost frozen to a sense. Mark Wahlberg, that's the only, and he was super nice, super nice. Religious and all, it was amazing. That was an amazing experience. Oh, I hope I do more work with him because he moved to Las Vegas too. Everybody's moving to Vegas. Yeah, so. yeah, that's so crazy. Wow. I'm I'm excited. I I want to get in connection with everybody. Fifty Cent, all of them. Let me not say too much, but yeah. Hey, Shaquille O'Neal, he's out here in Florida, and like I know that he has like a house up, like you know, up in Miami, and I think uh, I think his I think one of his sons are like like uh, lives out in Kissimmee, if I'm not mistaken, but. Uh, like it's just um i just wanted to add on to that like you know it's very surreal like that celebrities will just like walk up to you if they actually see interest in 
you know, what you say. And I think networking plays like a really huge part, you know, uh, just in life in general, because um, you never know who's going to come up to you and actually want to have a conversation with you. And if it does go very well, that's a good business plus for you. But on top of that, it also builds like a good, you know, friendly relationship, you know, for yeah. the, yeah. It's genuine. So. Not you, People got to remember that your intentions are so important. So it's not just business when you're talking to somebody. It don't always just have to be, oh, what can you do for me? You can have genuine conversations. That's doing something big right there by itself. Just talk to people. Just talk to people. Stop being selfish. Be selfless for a moment. Just talk to somebody. Enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Because then you'll forget that it even happened. When you're doing it only for business, you'll forget the conversation even happened. As soon as you get what you wanted from that person, you forget it even happened. And you just robbed yourself of the whole experience. So I would say just just enjoy it. It's not a big deal. Yeah, because I was even saying that with um, other fighters that I'm friends with. And I told them, like, you know, for me at least, even if I was, like, super famous, I'm not changing up like my attitude. I'm not I'm not doing all that because uh, the stupidity behind that is that you feel self-righteous in your own, you know, uh, dissonance of your, you know, ego to think that you are above other people. But it's like you have to remember, like, you're screwing over your um, um, your audience that will come back to you in the future. And that's why, for me, at least I give people respect you know, wherever I go, because I never know who I will talk to one day. And if I talk to somebody that's well known in whatever marketplace that I'm in, that person could help me out one day. And who knows, like, I could, I could be, I could be like, I could be like a really good influence to somebody one day that could come back and, and say to me, yo, like, I really, you know, like, appreciated what you did for me, because it's like, for me, at least, you know, oh, oh wait, what? There it goes. Oh. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I was just gonna say, like, I try to keep like my bridge as positive as possible, and I don't, you know, be like, uh, I've, I've, like I never act, you know, egotistical in my own manner to do anything for my own benefit. I keep everything respectable, and I just move on with like, uh, with my own life, and you know, I just follow my own path. Beautiful. You know, yeah. So. Uh, that's just how, you know, I am at least, you know, like I'm not that type of, you know, individual. That's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was just going to finalize to say, like, um, what's your end goal after boxing? Like, um, what's your ultimate, you know, prize that that uh, that you're trying to like accomplish before, you know, everything's all said and done? Mm-mm-mm-mm. I think my ultimate uh, goal, uh, I don't, I mean, I want to be in boxing and make a big, um, a big uh, splash and be known to everybody. But, you know, I don't want to be in boxing for too long. Um, after boxing, I just want to be able to uh, have influence over people. I think I'm worthy of that in a sense and be able to be a positive, um, respected person in people's eyes and views. And I, I kind of, I want to fight against the bad things that are, you know, inside of humanity. There are a lot of things that don't get talked about. And there are a lot of things that do get talked about that shouldn't really, it don't need to be talked about. And um, 
I kind of want to I want to join that fight, that war between not flesh and blood, but spirit and spirit in a sense. And, you know, a lot it, it, it kind of happened in history. It used to be love and hate. Then it became black versus white. Now it's rich versus poor. And I think the next step is good versus evil. I think that's what's happening next. And um, I don't know. Thank you. Can you hear me? Um. Yes, I can hear you. I can. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I can hear you. But yeah, so basically, I just want to be able to um to to guide and lead people and um bring um how do I say it? Bring thoughts uh to the world that that lasts for generations. I'm I don't want to just be rich or be famous or help me or just help my family you know, and then get to the mountaintop and then sit there and drink a nice cold smoothie or something while everybody else suffers. I want to be able to actually solve problems, solve as many problems as I can and, you know, be able to to um, have a mark that is have a mark that is unseen. There's so much you can do in the seen world. In the unseen world, there are messages that last for generations. That's what I want to stand for. That's what I want to do. So when I'm dead and gone, and if I got to talk to God and he asked me, what did I do with my influence and money? I can sit there and give him a proud answer that I, you know what I'm saying? So that's basically the full end goal. And right now the goal is to get influence, is to get fan base, is to get respect, is to get love and be an awesome leader. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I mean, like for me, at least like I'm I've, like I'm in like a different philosophical point of view but uh but i definitely like to you know do what i like to do to you know help um help as many people as i can uh because i'm you know going you know for my career for cybersecurity for it and um other focuses but uh like i'm on that same path too like i don't like i don't want to just like uh get myself to the top and just basically sit on top of the mountain doing nothing like i want to like be productive and be like a good influence, you know, to many people. And uh, before I pass away, like I like to make some good contributions uh, before my time's up. Um, but yeah, like uh, I, uh, I just have like a couple more questions, and then I'll, um, like a uh, uh, like a uh, then I will um, wrap up with the show for us. Um, right. I wanted to, um, I wanted to ask, um, um, what uh, weight class are you trying to campaign at, and um, what? Uh, um, um, what names within certain divisions that, that you want to conquer in the sport of boxing? Uh, uh, I'd say I'm going to be between, I'm going to be between 135 and 140. I think I'm going to favor 140 because I don't want to be too weak. I don't want to, you know, drain myself too much. Um, I think that's something that Devin Haney did was drain himself a lot trying to make 135. I don't think that's yeah, healthy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's healthy. Um, and as far as names, man, I mean, I just want what will bring the most eyes. You know what I'm saying? So I just, you know, Teofimo or if it's Tank, or if it's Shakur, um, it can really be anybody. And I hate saying that. I hate saying the same things everybody else. Oh, I'm ready for whoever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, <laughs> just right, right now where I'm at, I don't really have. You know, those big names, they're not worried about me yet. So, I mean, 
whichever, whichever, whoever is first, whoever worries about me first, I guess I'll take him on. It's really just who brings, you know, who brings the fan base and who everybody wants to see fight. Yeah, I think I think tournaments need to permanently take over the sport. So that way, you know, you know, every time you win like a tournament, it should be like the NBA playoffs where uh, the champion sits and fights, you know, the uh, number one like contender that that comes into the tournament after beating everybody out. And it's basically like, you know, you fight like the number one guy that's under you. And, and it's kind of like a top down structure where you automatically stay active. But it's like you're like um, you're holding your championship status credible through the tournament where everyone's staying active. And it's like you have to fight the best competition if you want to stay certified. That's right. Yeah, I like that. All right. Uh, well, first of all, like I just like to say thank you very much. Um, uh, like I hope you become a multi-divisional world champion and just dominate the sport. And uh, um, keep me updated. You know, um, with your fights, like uh, like I would like to go one day and see you. And um, yeah, if you have any final words, you know, to say to the audience, uh, go for it. Thank you so much for doing this interview with me. I'm excited for my first fight, and I hope interviews like this could go down in uh, my own history and be brought up later on and, you know, be seen by a lot of people, you know, in the future. And be like, oh, you know, he did an interview with this guy. <laughs> and so um, I hope this can, you know, this can stand for something later on in the long run. And thank you. All right. Um, I appreciate it a lot. and. Uh... Um, yeah, man, just keep me up to date with the fight updates, and I will I will do my best to help you out. All right. That's perfect. All right. I appreciate it, and um, have a good day. All right. Peace out. Thank you. All right. Um, all right, y'all. Uh, thank you guys for watching this stream. Um, I'm, um, I will have this posted on my instagram page if you guys want to go watch this on my instagram i'll just put it up into 15 minute increments but uh yeah be sure to hit the like button share uh do what you got to do and yeah that's about it man shout out uh to everybody in the family and uh yeah that's about it man shout out to bruce gas thank you for coming by and shout out to we building over here k rad and chat respect and blessings yeah appreciate you all right, and um, yeah, shout out to Akeem Cheetah, man. Very, very good talent. I had a lot of fun. Uh, that felt very, um, uh, very educational, and I had a really good time talking with him. So yeah, be sure to hit the like button, do what you got to do, and shout out to everybody in the family. And one last time, peace, love, liberty, and happiness. And I will see you guys later. Here's the outro. Peace and shout out to Akeem Cheatham. Thank you for the opportunity for this show. I'll see you guys. Here's the outro.